the Indianapolis Colts offensive line had seen better days than the 2022 season, but with the group back and rejuvenized for 2023, there's no reason that this group can't bounce back and rejoin the upper ranks of units in the NFL. But can this group actually do that? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined with my colleague and co-host here at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, we're kind of in the middle of a holiday weekend. A lot of people took today off of work celebrating the 4th of July, getting ready to celebrate uh, the birth of this country, the greatest country in the history of the world. How you doing, man? And, and what are your plans for for the fourth tomorrow i'm doing wonderful i think uh for me personally my plans for the fourth tomorrow are just to relax enjoy the weather hopefully it's you know uh, permitting but um yeah man it's it's gonna it was a nice weekend to relax a little bit of inclement weather but we got through it so i'm i'm ready to just sit outside and you know read a couple articles enjoy a little bit of tv and and sip on some brews. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a fun day. The wife and I are, are going to relax as well. Uh, there'll be plenty of brews being consumed by the both of us tomorrow. Uh, great day. Great, great summer day that we're expecting tomorrow. But hey, before we do that, we're getting ready to talk some Colts football with all of you. Truett is in the chat, as always, uh, saying happy fourth. Thank you to the vets and present service members. Absolutely. We want to thank everybody that has served, uh, that will serve and is serving. Uh, uh, so that way, Drake and I can can spend our evenings talking Colts football with you guys. Logan Schmidt is here saying the goats are back. Logan Schmidt is the goat. I don't know why he's calling us that. Yeah, uh, good, to, good to see you, buddy. Inside the Shoe is here. This is the show you've been waiting on. Fun stuff here. And Chad uh, is here as well well good to see you chad so looks like uh uh we've got plenty of people already in the chat tonight drake it, it's gonna be a fun one wyatt law also joining us here said over under for the colts offensive lineman making the pro bowl at one and a half uh he'll say two so it's gonna be a fun one gonna be a fun one so if you guys haven't done so already i know we're in the dog days of the summer training camp is still a few weeks away but please go ahead and follow us on all of our social media uh because we're still pushing out content as always like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow horseshoe huddle on twitter at colts on fn and subscribe to horseshoe huddle on youtube hit that bell so you know when drake and i are going live and leave a like on this video come make sure you're in the comments uh telling us what you think of this offensive line group that the colts have uh and if you're listening to uh, listening to us i should say on the fourth uh, or you can't catch us live Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us so you never miss an episode of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. But uh, Drake, this is a group that I think a lot of people have have been waiting for us to preview uh, this this offseason. Uh, it's a group that I think is, uh, we all know, is very crucial to the success of, of this Colts team. Uh, because of a young quarterback, because of the star running back, and and really it's it's the engine that that gets this offense going, and that's the offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, a group that just a few short years ago was viewed as one of the best units in in the NFL, 
and last year it that was definitely not the case uh for the first half of the season the the indianapolis colts had one of the worst offensive lines in the nfl towards the back half of the season uh they started to finally come around and they became around league average or so uh so so Good momentum to end the season, but still not the standard that this Colts team is used to uh, when you have guys like Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, pro bowlers on the, uh, the, the offensive line. Braden Smith, one of the better right tackles in the NFL. Uh, their standard is a lot higher than other teams with this unit. Yeah, and you know, it, it, they did pretty they did pretty dang well without Anthony Costanzo, you know, in 2021 and then last season without Mark Lewinsky who by all regards is, you know, about your average guard, you know, it just it, everything just seemed to fall through. Um I think that Frank Reich's play calling kind of got figured out a little bit and I just think that Matt Ryan's immobility also didn't help. So uh, everyone knew Jonathan Taylor was the threat. This is a completely different feel for this line though. I will say though all eyes are on them right now. And they have a lot to prove to those eyes that are that will be watching them every single week. Yeah, it was it was a uh, uh, it was an interesting year. I, I think I think there was a lot of mistakes made with this unit. Uh, obviously, there was regression from from your big three, the guys that you're paying big contracts to. Uh, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich trusting that Matt Pryor and Danny Pinter would be the solutions at those positions without really giving them any real competition uh was a a terrible miscalculation and a misjudgment by them set everything back and then by the time that bernard ryman and will fry started to come into their own it was just too little too late for this unit the damage had already been done and then not to mention that that when you have statues back there in matt ryan and nick Foles, uh makes it makes the puts more pressure even on this unit to to basically be a stone wall uh there uh before we dive in real quick we'll answer this question from nathan a loyal listener hello boys i got a question will anthony richardson pass for over a thousand yards and rush for a thousand yards and how many rushing touchdowns uh in my opinion i think passing for over a thousand a thousand yards is given rushing for over a thousand yards i don't see that rushing touchdowns i think it all depends on how much he plays but i'm gonna go i'm gonna say he gets six six or seven rushing touchdowns what do you think drake i'm right there with you i think that they're going to be obviously they're going to focus on jonathan taylor when it comes to the goal line but anthony richardson's huge he's massive so don't be don't be you know shocked if shane steichen uses him for some goal line sneaks easy touchdowns Yep, I would agree. And and the offensive line is going to be crucial in, in yeah. that area. So if you guys have have questions that you want us to answer while we're going through these previews, uh, make sure you throw in the super chat in there. We'll be sure to get to those. We'll give you a shout out as always. We love to shout out our loyal listeners here. But Drake, tonight we're going to start out with the offensive tackles. Uh, and, and I think I think out of this group, this is the group that I, I'm most excited to see. If I'm being honest with you, because because of one guy in particular, number 79, Bernard Ryman, Uh, I've been really high on him all offseason. I think that we're in store for a really big year out of Bernard Ryman, getting to see that 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 second year jump uh, for the offensive tackle. Another year under his belt, he was starting to figure things out. He's put on a lot of weight this offseason to try to help help some of the issues that that plagued him last year. So. uh, for the offensive tackle position in general, and and we'll focus in on on Bernard Ryman and Braden Smith. We'll throw in Blake Freeland uh, with that as well. What are your expectations uh, for the two bookends of the Indianapolis Colts? 
I really expect them to both build upon last season and in different ways. Braden Smith was the best rated blocker running or passing on the entire team. True, true. There, there were times, I mean, obviously he allowed a lot of sacks, but he also had a lot of you know tumultuous nature to the left of his position. Um, and then I expect Bernard Ryman to continue building in a different way, whereas he started and looked like a deer in headlights. But again, I, I will praise Frank Reich for this. He kept him in in that Denver game and let him get through four I think four false starts or something like that. He had four penalties. He was just, he, he, he's done, he did nothing but improve week after week. So I'm, I'm really looking for Bernard Ryman to continue to build and improve because Braden Smith's really a mainstay. He's been with the team for like six seasons now at this point. Yeah. I, I'm not so concerned about Braden Smith as I yeah. am. Some other pieces of the offensive line. I think Braden Smith, what we're going to see is, is a return to return to norm for, for Braden Smith uh, over on that right tackle position. And, and you're correct in that he was the highest rated, uh, offensive lineman for the Indianapolis Colts last year according to pro football focus he was their best player of that unit and many times Braden Smith is is out there against pass rushers such as TJ Watt uh, such as Micah Parsons because there's it's, it's it's no longer the best pass rusher is always on the left tackle anymore uh, in the NFL, you have you have pass rushers on both sides. So really, you have to have a good right tackle and a good left tackle if you want to be able to to really contain all of the tremendous pass rushers that the NFL has to offer nowadays. But I'm expecting Braden Smith to kind of go back to the norm. I think a lot he was dealing with injuries again last year, and and I really think having an unstable right guard position where it was Danny Pinter, then Matt Pryor, Braden Smith even played some right guard uh uh and then finally will fries got Braden smith off his game a little bit having to worry about what was always happening on the inside there i i, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case this season and we'll see Braden smith return to the norm but getting on to bernard ryman it, the year two is a lot of times where you see that big jump for offensive linemen because the game slows down for for them and you have to remember this too i mean bernard ryman is still incredibly raw at the tackle position i mean he, the plan was that he really wasn't even going to play last year it was going to be more of a red shirt year work on his technique work on his game but honestly i i, I think this was a fair i think 2022 when we look back it's going to be a very good thing for Bernard Ryman to get thrown into the fire like that kind of a trial by error you're not really going to get much better uh without those live reps going against some of the best pass rushers in the NFL and and learning through that and Bernard Ryman was able to go through those tough times he was able to be one of the best tackles uh as far as ratings are concerned by pro football focus over the last few weeks of the season uh, I was there in Dallas Dallas watching Bernard Ryman go head to head with Michael Parsons, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And he held his own for the most part. That was very encouraging to see. So I, I think the Colts are in a good spot with their bookings. That doesn't mean I, I don't think that there needs to be some competition there because I think competition helps everybody. But I think you can feel confident going into this 2020 with Bernard Ryman at left tackle and Braden Smith at right tackle. 
Well, and you're talking about, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I mean, Bernard Ryman was second and almost, if we're talking about this pro football, the pro football focus grades, it was Braden Smith and Bernard Ryman, mostly across the board on the offensive line. I mean, Bernard Ryman really, really week after week, we cannot emphasize this enough. He just kept getting better. He just kept getting stronger. So with that athletic background, formerly a tight end, now he's put on some weight, he's heavier. Man, you, you get really excited because you already know what Braden Smith's going to give you, but you can't you can't help but just get you know giddy with excitement to see what Bernard Ryman's going to do on that blind side. Overall, Braden Smith was the 18th uh, rated tackle uh, last season, and Bernard Ryman was the 25th rated tackle in the mm. NFL according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, and then looking at their uh, their run blocking ratings, this is where I think uh, both of them were excelled. Uh, they were both right there. Uh, with next to each other uh, just outside of the top 10 um, around kind of like 15th or so Bernard Braden Smith and, and Bernard Ryman uh, pass blocking we could just look at that real quick obviously both of them are a little bit farther down uh, just because they they didn't get off to a, a very quick start but we saw that that start really start to build towards the end of the season so so as we go into 2023 what are your biggest questions for the tackle position uh, for the Colts streak so uh, for for Ryman, it's actually, you know, will adding more muscle slow him down at any capacity? I know I, I had to really dig for some questions on Bernard Ryman because he just did <laughs> so well. But uh, another one is simple. You know, uh, will will that also will that added muscle, you know, change his approach to, you know, how he's going to block? Will it change his techniques? And then for Smith, it's going to be is 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 he going to potentially deal with more unknowns at his left side? And how's that going to affect him? Because they're still trying to figure out right guard, which we'll talk about. Um, but if somehow he's moved to right guard full time, what does that mean for him? How will he manage that? What happens if Blake Freeland starts at right right tackle? So there's a lot of questions, I think, more for Braden Smith than there are for Bernard Ryman, actually. I think I think maybe one of the bigger questions that, that I'll have for Braden Smith is just can he stay healthy? We've seen him kind of get dinged up over the past couple seasons, and and that's where it seems that he he kind of takes a little bit of time to get back. Pretty much every player does, but but when you're counted on so much, so much like Braden Smith is for this Colts offensive line, it can definitely take it could definitely take the, the, the momentum out of things if Braden Smith starts to struggle. So, so can he stay healthy? Can he put together a full 17 game season? And I think that would go a long way to shoring up the right side uh, of that, of that offensive line. But, but I, I think the biggest question for me with Bernard Ryman is one of the, one of the main areas of concern with his game was just his his play strength and his anchor. There was a lot of times that on bull rushes, Bernard Ryman would get thrown back into the quarterback's lap back there in the pocket. He has gained, uh, I think it was I think it was eleven pounds. He said he's put on this offseason. And remember, this this guy is a converted tight end. He put on close to a hundred pounds in college, switching from tight end to offensive tackle. So while he's a little bit older uh, for a prospect, I think he's twenty four or twenty five already. He's he's still very young and very raw in terms of his his development and and playing that left tackle position. 
So adding that 11 pounds, trying to get stronger, trying to up his play strength, I want to see if that if that's going to make a difference. I want to see how much he has improved his anchor, how much he's improved his play strength, because I think if he does that, he's already very quick. We already know he's a, he's a stud athlete. He really is. Mm-hmm. He had a very high uh, relative athletic score coming out in the draft. The Colts thought he was one of the most, if not the most athletic uh, tackle in last year's draft class so to see him come out with that added weight uh is is he still like you said is he still going to be able to to be the uh keep his athleticism and and can he put that that added weight to good use can he show that he really is going to be uh, uh the, the 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 cornerstone left tackle can he do that and then blake freeland Blake freeland is just a big wild card because again he's <laughs> a, he's another guy that is so raw and and while he has been impressing coaches uh throughout otas throughout rookie minicamp he was very impressive i don't know if the colts are are comfortable yet with just sending a a rookie fourth rounder out there to be the right tackle to go up like the like who i said against a tj watt uh go up against like a von miller uh miles miles garrett those types of pass rushers that's it's that's tough um and as of right now, I, I don't I don't think that Blake Freeland, as I see Logan's comment in the chat, can Blake Freeland play right guard? The uh-huh. Colts have kept him at right tackle. The Colts have kept him at tackle. That's where he's primarily going to play. He played tackle in college, uh, pretty pretty strictly in college. I think he was a tackle, so um, doesn't really have too much experience at the guard position, uh, whereas Braden Smith does, Will Fries does, Milkior does. So I don't think he would be their first option at right guard, um, but it's certainly something to to think about if if somebody does does go down. Um, but, but really what I think, I think I want to switch this question because we'd be kind of talking about what impact we think we, uh, they can have, uh, and, and really just do you, I want, I want to ask, do you think, do you think that Bernard Ryman and Braden Smith can get up to the level? that we don't have to worry about those guys on the offensive line anymore. We don't have to worry about the offensive tackle positions for the Colts. This might be more of a more of a Bernard Ryman question because we've we've seen what Braden Smith can do in the past and we know when healthy he's one of the better right tackles in the league. But Drake, do you think the Colts have their book in franchise tackles not only for now but for the future? Man, you got two opposites here. You got a guy that's that's just coming into the tackle position, and another guy who was originally a guard that was that's been in the tackle position for like the last five years, six years of his career. Uh, I think with with Smith, it's there for the next like three to four seasons if he can just maintain that that healthy standard that you talk about. And it's that's all for for Smith because when he's healthy, like you said. He's very, he's a pillar. He's a very good uh, run blocker too. And he's a great, he's a great edge sealer. I think that with Ryman, man, it's also hard to say because he hasn't really, we haven't really been able to see a whole lot of professional football from him. Mm -hmm. But if if we're just going to go based off of the the sample size, I'd say, yes, I I would say that now he's adding weight. He's got quick feet. He's got athleticism. He's going to be quicker than most tackles are because he's a converted pass catcher. Um, man, you could really do some interesting things with Bernard Ryman if that trajectory keeps going. So I'll say yes for Ryman and I'll say yes for Smith. If he stays healthy, I I, I like that. And I, I think for me, when I, when I'm judging these guys this season, 
I think, I mean, obviously my eyes are going to be on, on Bernard Ryman. And I think he has the ability to, to be that. Do I think Bernard Ryman's going to be a, a pro bowl caliber left tackle? I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, do he could, he, maybe he could get there someday, but I think if, if Bernard Ryman's ceiling is, is maybe Anthony Costanzo or, or Anthony Costanzo light, just a little bit less. Uh, I think you're happy with that out of a third round third round tackle who is still fairly raw at the position. So, uh, but I think this is a big year while, while he's only in his second year, I think this is a huge season for Raymond or Ryman because that Blake Freeland is back there and he's going to be nipping at his heels. Freeland has that position versatility. He can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. So Freeland's going to be pretty interchangeable. So if, if Ryman starts to struggle and Freeland showing in practice that he is, that he's really catching, catching on to things, Ryman is, is, is no sure thing at that left tackle position. So I, th- I think we need to really see the improvement uh, and, and consistent and have him play at that consistent level throughout the season for his job to really be secure. Plus this, this 2024 draft class looks like it's going to be a very deep one for offensive tackles again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I mean, there, there's that's that's also in question too. If the Colts would want to take a, an offensive tackle, because again, we always are going to get back to this this question for this season and for the seasons that that are to come. It's all about Anthony Richardson. It's all about protecting Anthony Richardson. It's all about Anthony Richardson's development. And if Richardson is running for his life. Maybe and, and and you can't keep him can't keep him upright. We all saw what happened with Mister with Mister Twelve, Mister Andrew Luck. That didn't go so well. So again, you need to have those pieces around him, and and those tackle positions are just so critical. Where it really needs to be a, a point of emphasis. So uh, I really I'm I'm really excited for Bernard Ryan because I think he's going to prove to a lot of people he's going to have a breakout season and prove yes I can be this team starting left tackle be the cornerstone left tackle for this team for many years to come and and i agree there as long as braden smith stays healthy i have zero issues with braden smith zero question marks really uh around him and and i think he's going to be a really really solid to to really good right tackle and kind of get back to to one of the better right tackles in the nfl uh if all goes well well, and it's also going to it's going to hinge upon, you know, how well does the offense operate? How much, do, you know, do they run to the inside as opposed to the outside? You know, there's a lot of factors that are going to play into this, um, especially now that there is a coach that's, you know, f- we've said this before, forward thinking offensively. You have a quarterback that's going to be if they screw up somehow, he's going to at least be able to have a chance to get out of the pocket and create something else uh, on the run. So I think that this is as good a year as any for for any Colts offensive lineman to have a bounce back season. So right now it's, it's, it's wide open to him. Now's the time to do it. I agree. And then I think another aspect to all this is, is Tony Sperano jr. And, and where Tony Sperano Jr., uh, how he can really affect not only the offensive tackles and, and really get Bernard Ryman and, and, and Braden Smith playing at their best technically, but the interior of the offensive line where there probably is a little more question marks uh, than the offensive tackles. I mean, we all know Pro Bowl or Quentin Nelson is, is going to be uh, – 
probably either if he's not the best offensive lineman on the Colts, he's going to be a, a, a really close second. Um, but it's it's more of the guys maybe at the center position, definitely at the right guard position uh, with Ryan Kelly, Will Fries, Amila Kior, Danny Pinter, uh, if he if he can possibly challenge for a starting role. Um, but but I think Tony's what we've already heard from Quentin Nelson that he is a big fan of the Tony Sperano Jr. hire. Quentin Nelson has said he already feels like he has gotten better through OTAs uh, be, with his technique, being able to stay on top of it. He said he felt his technique was starting to slip uh, last year, and that's why he did not play up to his standard. Uh, so when you're, when you're already hearing that from one of your franchise cornerstones, one of your team captains, that this offensive line coach hire is already making his impact with this group you have to be excited about that especially with the interior of the Colts offensive line that struggled mightily last season especially at the center and right guard positions well and we've talked about it like yes any pressure is is not good for a quarterback but it's that internal pressure that's just the hardest to deal with because then you have to bail you can run away from one side but you have to like almost abandon the entire play almost especially when you have a statue back there then you also have to factor in that those are sometimes the guys that are pulling they're really punching holes in the defense to get jonathan taylor and other running backs uh those those you know gaps that they had in 2021 where you'd see him running 80 yards down the field um, so that interior offensive line, I know that the whole offensive line matters, but man, Tony Sperano, I feel like he is just a great fit specifically for those three right there, because that's where you really have to have the gnashing of the teeth. You got to have the dog mentality. You got to have that trench warfare mindset uh, when you're at guard or you're at center. And the three that we're about to talk about really didn't seem to have that type of tenacity that we saw in the years before last year. So what are your expectations for for this group? And we can we could just focus in on on Nelson Kelly and Fries for now. But I think I think if this is the group that we absolutely need to see return to the norm. And I'm talking about Nelson and Kelly, first of all. Uh, but but we also need to see Will Fries kind of go over position if he truly wants it once wants that position to be his uh, i think we definitely need to see a step up in his game from from last year even though he ended the year on, on a better note I, I still think it needs to be better so what are your expectations from this group in 2023 well to kind of rapid fire it for for quentin nelson i think he will, will bounce back from a shaky 2022 season you know again for kind of the argument that smith had well there was also the tumultuous nature at left tackle right next to Quentin Nelson. So not easy to deal with. Um, I think he's still going to be relied upon to get the job done a lot. And I think he's going to be relied upon to also bounce back. I think for Kelly, similar to Nelson, I expect him to be better, but maybe not as dominant because we've actually seen a little bit of a, of a shakiness in Kelly's decline, if you will. Um, I think that now due to certain circumstances being different for him, which we don't need to get into, it's very obvious what happened that was so good in his life. Maybe now he can focus on football. Uh, and with the right guard position, man, Will Fries, he is just such a wild card because when it comes to pass blocking, you, he needs to vastly improve. But when it comes to run blocking, there's something there and you saw it a lot. So I think I expect him to really work on his footwork, that drop back, um, you know, getting just a little bit better at helping create a pocket because it really seemed like he struggled in the passing game. I'm, I, I'm really expecting a 
a fired up and a determined Quentin Nelson this season. Mm. And I, and I think I can share this now, but at, at towards the end, I mean, obviously Quentin Nelson, if you saw any of his interviews, uh, but, but hearing from people inside the organization, I trust Quentin Nelson really took the ending of, of 2023 very, very hard. Um, he, he was disgusted with himself. He was disgusted with his play, disgusted with the teams, how the team performed and their will at towards the end of the season. And, and Quentin Nelson has, has really, really took and taken it upon himself to make sure that, that he, he is never a part of that again. Uh, I know Quentin Nelson a lot of times likes to get away during the off season, just a little bit to try to try to relax, try to recharge, do that thing. Quentin Nelson has been inside the building as as much or more than than anybody else on the Indianapolis Colts this offseason training trying to get back to that all pro level uh, that he was even even just a couple seasons ago um I know Bernard Ryman that, that has been training with Quentin Nelson pretty much all offseason I mean Raymond's been putting in the work adding that 11 pounds it's because Nelson and Raymond have been working out together creating that continuity that a left tackle and a left guard really need need to have uh, they've they've made it a focus to 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 really try to create more chemistry not only on the field but off the field as well hanging out with one another really really trying to create that bond so i think that's really good to see but i just think from from everything i've heard about how quentin nelson has attacked this offseason and the the amount of disdain that, I think that's a really good word for it. the disdain that Quentin Nelson has had uh, uh, for how last season ended and, and really looking inwardly at himself more than anything else. I think we're going to see a, a really rejuvenized and, and, a, and a, a nasty Quentin Nelson in 2023, which is good for the entire Colts offensive line. I really am excited to see about Ryan Kelly. Uh, I mean, obviously you talked about the family tragedy and, and, Ryan Kelly and his wife announced that they are expecting uh, another child currently. So that was, that was a huge, uh, uh, that was something that I think everybody can agree was have a huge smile on their face, considering everything that they went through. Uh, but, but it's no secret that Ryan Kelly's play has slipped the past couple seasons. And that True. could be, could be related to, to, I don't want to call it distractions because that's not the right word for it, but it could be due to, to the, the, the personal tragedy that happened could also be because of the, the constant shifting at that, at that right guard position. Uh, Mark Lewinsky isn't there. Danny Pinter for Will Fries, uh, wasn't, it wasn't really there. Um, wasn't really performing up to up to his standards and, and Kelly, it seemed like lost a step a little bit, but uh, so I, I mean, I'm really interested to see how Kelly responds because his name was involved in trade talks. There wasn't a guarantee that he was going to be back for this upcoming season. So it's going to be interesting to see how he really reacts to that. And then it's, it's pretty much all the pressure in the world on Will Fries. I mean, it's, it's, there's pressure, but then again, there's also, he's got the perfect opportunity. That right guard spot is there for the taking. He has a little bit of competition from behind, but not much. So if he wants to go out there and really take control of that, uh, of that right guard position, it's going to be all his as long as he can go out there and execute. 
Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're talking about three different, you're, you're talking about three different guys who have just dealt with nothing, but really change. I mean, even Will Fries in his couple of years, he's dealt with nothing but change, but look at Ryan Kelly, 2016, he gets a little bit of Andrew Luck, 2017, he gets Jacoby Brissett and Charlie Winehurst, I think 18, he gets luck 19, 20, 21 and 22. He just has a smorgasbord of quarterbacks. This is his first opportunity at age 30. Okay. Going into, I believe his, this will be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, his eighth season in the NFL. He finally gets a chance to have a quarterback for more than a season. Okay. So this is something that I think is really big for Ryan Kelly as Quentin Nelson. We've kind of covered, you know, that I think he's going to bounce back big time, but Will Fries is the intriguing one. Like you said, right now, there's not a lot of competition for that position. He is the one that they are almost telling him, Hey, we think you could probably get this, go out and get it. So I think the Colts kind of low key, we've all been clamoring for this free agent signing. I think that they believe in Will Fries. I really think that they think he's got all the tools to make that right guard position, something you just don't have to worry about, kind of like left tackle, left guard and all that stuff. Yeah, and I think I think we as we move along to what our biggest question marks are, my biggest question mark for Will Fries is, is what is his ceiling? Really, because again, mm. he was a seventh round pick out of out of Penn State. Um, he he worked it. He was on the practice squad for for most of his first year. Um, or actually, I think he was on the, the he was he was not he was on the practice squad for maybe a couple, but they they elevated him to the active roster and kept him on there all year. They felt they felt good about Will Fries. Then. I mean, last year he comes in in a starting role, and and he, he got better with those reps. Uh, but again, uh, how what is his ceiling? How much better can Will Fries get? Is he limited athletically, where he's not going to be able to to stay up with or stay with the the quickness of some of those interior defensive linemen? Um, and and if he does have a have a lower ceiling, um, how far is it going to be able to get him? I know. I know. Will Fries is a student of the game. He is one of the hardest workers uh, in that Colts locker room. So he's certainly going to give it his all. There's no question about that. Just can he really, really take that right guard spot and and make it his own? Make it so uh, there there isn't a a debate of of where this team should go with that position. And then again, you you just mentioned it. Ryan Kelly is is thirty years old. Are we seeing the just? Are we starting to see the slow decline for for Ryan Kelly? Seen peak Ryan Kelly already, um, or or are we going to see with a new quarterback, uh, with some with some better things in his personal life and and a and a a better maybe not a better look on life but a a new look on life uh, are we going to see a a more energized a a a a sharper Ryan Kelly out there on the field and and i think if if both those answers are yes you're looking at a, a solid to to possibly getting back to a top 5 offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts but if both those guys are shaky when you have pressure coming right up the middle of Anthony Richardson's face it's going to be tough for that young quarterback to really do anything it's going to be tough for jonathan taylor to get going and it could really really be detrimental to this offense and bring it to a screeching halt well and that's why i i think that we can even like kind of transition into the impact of this interior line and i i think i i'm more of a fan of saying what i think they need to do to have an impact they need to have a resurgent year because like you said, a lot of this offense, I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor isn't going to bounce plays to the outside. They're not going to design runs to the outside, you know, but good Lord, a lot of this, a lot of that pound the rock mentality happens right there between 
the those gaps where the guards and the center is. That, that's that's where a lot of that that wearing down a defense happens where you see guys like Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden they're averaging 5.5, 5.78 yards a carry. It's, it's just because those guards in that center wear down the interior defensive line. Um, so I think that these guys are going to have to have an impact. I do see Quentin Nelson having the quicker one. I see Ryan Kelly having a bounce back season of sorts, how big of one we'll we're yet to see, but Will Fry's impact is the biggest one because I don't really know yet. I I I, I got to see a couple games because last season, like like we said, against teams like the Raiders and Chargers, who were weaker in the interior. I mean, he basically had his way with those defensive tackles, but when he played tougher competition, he kind of got bullied around a little bit. So Will Fry's is the wild card. All Colts fans are hoping that he turns out to be great, but kind of like I think it was Patrick mentioned, they believed in Matt Pryor too, albeit Matt Pryor had way more of a track record to go off of than Will Fries. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm at too, if I'm being honest. With Will Fries, I'm in that wait-and-see mold. I want to see him in training camp. I want to see it with my own eyes in training camp. I want to see how he does those first couple games. Uh, those are going to be huge tests. And, and I, I think that when you look at the totality of this Colts offensive line, defensive coordinators are looking and saying, you know, Will Fries is probably the weak link. That that yep. that's that gap between Will Fries and and Ryan Kelly is the weak link of this offensive line. So he's going to get tested early and he's going to get tested often. And and we're going to have to see if he can really adapt. Obviously my my impact is I, I think Kelly will be sharper, uh, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll just have to see working with a a a new another new quarterback and this time a rookie <laughs> quarterback. There's there's going to be ups and downs. How can Ryan Kelly really help to uh, to get Anthony Richardson used to uh, the NFL game? Are we going to see Ryan Kelly have a more vocal uh, approach to the offensive line? Are we going to see him call out more protections than he is uh, than he's normally been accustomed to? With say a Matt Ryan. Or, or an Andrew Luck, it's going to be interesting to see. But I think Revenge Tour Quentin Nelson is going to be for 2023. I, I think he is going to be on a mean streak. And if we see, it would not surprise me if All Pro Quentin Nelson is back for the 2023 uh, season. But but one of the biggest question marks about the entire offensive line, Drake, ha- throughout the entire offseason, is does this unit have uh, enough depth? to it because outside of, of this this starting five there's a lot of question marks uh if you're a casual fan you probably can't name uh most of these back most of the backups on the offensive line so so what do you think do you think the colts have enough depth on the offensive line right now oh uh for for the people that don't know like the serious depth pieces on that tackle i mean it's not the biggest deal uh, a couple of them are actually draftees uh jake Witten. Blake Freeland, but if we're talking about tackles and we're talking about center, we're talking about left guard, I think you're solid. I do think that you have enough depth because at that point you're looking for guys that are just backups because you have star Quentin Nelson, you have an up-and-comer in, in Bernard Ryman who, you know, you could obviously re- replace if another young guy, you know, is, is making some waves. Um, but really for me, I <laughs> – I'm not the the guy who nope this is nothing against Will Fries. I think that right now it's still left tackle because Bernard Ryman is still young and right guard which last season it was left tackle and it was right guard but this year it's less of Bernard Ryman and more of this right guard position. 
I do think you need to bring in a Gabe Jackson. I do think you need to bring in a free agent signing. It's not going to cost the world. And worst case scenario, you get a 32, 33-year-old veteran who can serve there for a couple of years while you find your long-term answer. Or maybe Will Fries or Emila Kior rise to the occasion because that guy who wants to get back to his starting ways comes in and pushes those guys. I think if you just sign a free agent, you're going to get the best outcome at right guard. So I think they need to get somebody in there at right guard for sure. I'd, I'd be lying if I said that the depth doesn't concern me a little bit for the offensive line. Um, I mean, we saw uh, we saw Quentin Nelson go down last year. Uh, we've seen Ryan Kelly go down before the turnstile at right guard and left tackle last year. Braden Smith has had injuries. Oh, just they're just one play away uh, or a couple plays away from being down their top starting offensive lineman, and then you're throwing in Blake Freeland, which I, I'm not too concerned about. Blake. Blake Freeland. I mean, again, he's a rookie, uh, but I, I think he can play well. But then outside of Blake Freeland, you have Jake Witt, who is a a project, I would say, um, a guy that I that I think has has some good potential, but I, I don't know if he's just ready for the NFL game yet. I think he's he's a, a very raw, moldable ball of clay that the Colts just want to get their hands on for a couple seasons. See, it's see what happens there. Uh, Carter O'Donnell has has been with the with the Colts for a couple seasons. You want to put him in there. Um, and then when you when you I think I I'd feel I feel a little bit more comfortable with the interior depth just because you have uh, a Kior, uh Danny Pinter, uh Wesley French can can play some uh, either some guard or some center. Um but, but still none of those guys are are going to blow you out of the water. So uh do I think the Colts should sign a, a, a look for a free agent or to add some depth? Uh certainly. I, I think that's going to be the an option. I think the Colts will look throughout training camp and throughout the preseason um to to keep their eye on guys that are excelling or or might be able to be picked up after cuts. Um that's certainly an option, but I I would become more comfortable if they went out added some depth pieces either to tackle or to guard just to really really fortify that bad offensive line because if one of your starters goes down i, I think there's a real big drop off for most positions uh, in the backup in the backup roles so uh, to kind of cap off our our talk about the offensive line tonight drake uh, as we've done with all these positional previews we're going to predict the depth chart uh, or at least predict who we think makes the roster uh, on the offensive line so um, if you want to give me your starting offensive line, uh, and then kind of who your depth pieces would be, we can kind of clump this group all together. So give me your starting five and then give me, uh, what your backups, uh, are how many offensive linemen you think the Colts keep on the final 53. So, uh, left to right, it's going to be Ryman, Nelson, Kelly, Fries, and Smith. Um, I, I think the wild card here is Ryman, Nelson, Kelly, if this if this ends up falling through. I, I don't think this is a good thing if this ends up happening, but maybe it would bring out uh, the rookie. Uh, you'd have Ryman, Nelson, Kelly, Smith, and Freeland. That's kind of the wild card. I do mm -hmm. think, though, that for left tackle, I think Carter O'Donnell is still going to stay on the team. I do think Emila Kior is actually – right now he's slated uh, to back up uh, Quentin Nelson, so I like that. Wesley French is going to be on the team regardless. Danny Pinter, those guys can both play guard. They can both play center. Um, obviously, Pinter struggled at guard, but hey, maybe his second year, maybe he's a little better. Um, I, I also think that they're going to keep uh, – I think that Jake Witt, like you said, he he might be 
more of a practice squad or a third stringer. But Blake Freeland, watch him because he's a swing tackle. He can come in there and he can play left. He can come in there and he can play right. If they really feel like they are falling through a hole at right guard, they might take a chance on him. You just never know. I mean, they got to fix something for Anthony Richardson. You can't play around with the offensive line. You don't have a a, a 15, 16 year vet back there, you know, anymore. So um, I do think they're going to, they're going to keep a lot of those guys. But again, like you said, do not be surprised. I think the two areas they need, they need a free agent are cornerback. And I think the offensive line, I think they need to add depth to the offensive line somehow. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you think that they keep 10 guys on the offensive line then? I think they, I think they should. Uh, okay. Just just to make absolutely sure, because you're talking five positions. Each one has their own respective backup. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that is the least. I think you might even push 11, 12. Okay, that, that's interesting, because I, I know you want to have a bunch of depth guys in there, but it's also... I mean, again, it's it's going to be a numbers game. Some of these guys are going to be cut uh, just because the Colts can't keep everybody. So, but so, but I would agree. I think it's going to be Raymond, uh, Nelson, Kelly, Fries, Smith as the starting five. Uh, I think when you're looking at your backups, I think Blake Freeland's going to be your swing tackle. He can play left. He can play right. Uh, I think he is going to be that that tackle uh, that that you really look to. And and then when you're talking about as far as on the interior, uh, I would say Danny Pinter makes the roster. Uh, Amila Kior makes the roster. And then I'm going to go with Wesley French. Uh, I think Wesley French makes the roster as well. Now you look at that, and that's three interior guys, only one tackle. Uh, but but I think you can get creative there uh, if you need to. Again. Freeland could play either tackle. We've seen Quentin Nelson play left tackle in a pinch. Uh, I think Will, Will Fries played tackle at Penn State. So does if if he had to go out there as a tackle in a pinch, you could move a Kior up to a right guard. Danny Pinter, Wesley French, those guys can 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 kind of be placed wherever uh, along the interior. But but I think nine guys is is where we're going to see the Colts keep eight or nine guys on that offensive line. Uh, Connor O'Donnell, he re-signed, but again, I'm not sure if he is going to be someone that they keep. Uh, I think he is on the very fringe of the roster. Wouldn't be surprised if they do keep him if they want to eliminate, say, like a Wesley French. Uh, but, but we'll have to see there. And Jake Witt, yes, he was a seventh-round pick. But again, I think he's going to need some time. And and I feel like you can stash Jake Witt on the practice squad uh, better than you can some of these other positions that the Colts are going to have to make decisions with. So, uh, but it's, I think we can all agree that it's going to be very interesting to see how this offensive line does. And it's one of the more crucial units for the success of, of not only this team, but for the development of Anthony Richardson as well. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I've been thinking about it. Maybe 12 was pushing it. I just have I just have shakes from just how how bad the (laughs) offensive line looked at times. So nine or 10 definitely sounds more realistic, regardless of how they build the depth. Just build it as a good course so that if one guy goes down, you don't have to you don't have to frantically search for the replacement so that you've got all of this, you know, dysfunction happening at the most important area of the offense for a guy like Richardson. 
and don't discount the impact of Tony Sperano Jr. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he seems to be making a, a big impact already with this unit, and I'm excited to see how he handles this group throughout training camp and throughout the season to, to really put his impact on this group. I know Shane Steichen was super excited to get Sperano Jr. on board, and it seems like the Colts players are already uh, fully on board with that hire as well. I think Tony Sperano Jr. is going to be very, very good for this Colts offensive line. And that's our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate everyone in the chat. Uh, it was an active chat tonight. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Thanks to Logan Schmidt, Rich Wheeler, Wyatt Law, Marvin Fox, Truett, Spooks Hill Joe, uh, Patrick, Chad, Inside the Shoe, everybody that makes our show so much fun stats matt did not join the show tonight he's not getting his paycheck as the third host of the show um it's 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 really acceptable really a travesty that he isn't joining us on his holiday weekend to talk some colts ball but uh we'll see him next time but really again thank you all so much for joining in if you haven't done so already please follow us on all of our social medias like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow Horseshoe Huddle on Twitter at Colts on FN and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live and hit that like button on this video. Uh, makes it so that way we can uh, reach other Colts fans. As Logan Schmidt says, I'm the new third host of the show. He's, co <laughs> he's coming for you, Stats Matt. He's coming for you. But if you can't catch us live, like apparently Stats Matt can't, uh, he's going to be able to catch us again on YouTube or subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever uh, you guys listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So we'd appreciate a five-star review uh, and 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 give us a, a five-star rating and review. Uh, there, I got that one right. But uh, as we head into the holiday weekend, Drake, on HorseshoeHuddle.com, what are some of the pieces that the people can check out uh, that you've written up for us? So the one that there, there's two that are that are new. One just released. It's where they did. Uh, I, I cover. I basically like break down an article that covered the biggest draft steals, the top fifty of the last ten years. One Colts player was on there, respectfully uh, designated, but another one was completely snubbed, and it's disrespectful. So go check that out. And then one that's going to be releasing on Wednesday morning is: Are the Indianapolis Colts treating the right guard position too lightly? Awesome. Yeah, fun pieces. Definitely make sure to go give those a read. Uh, and, and as for me, grinding away at Rookie Files like every summer, Josh Downs Rookie Files released this morning, Monday morning on HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, not only is, is Josh Downs have a, a father that played in the NFL, his uncle played in the NFL, and so this makes uh, the third member of the Downs family that has played in the NFL with an possibly a fourth coming along as Josh Downs brother is a, a freshman, a high, high profile recruit at the Ooh. university of Alabama with Nick Saban. But uh, there's a chance Josh Downs could have the most successful career out of all of those. So go check that out. And then tomorrow to start your 4th of July, Blake Freeland, his rookie files piece is dropping uh, as well. Now this one's a fun one. I'm in the midst of writing this one right now. So that will be live tomorrow morning on horseshoehuddle.com. Make sure to check that out. You can follow Drake at D Walster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Thursday night to talk about the defensive end positions. Quiddy pay Dio Dangbo, Samson Ebukam. A lot of fun names to talk about there and what they could potentially do this season as the pass rushers for the Indianapolis Colts. So make sure to join us Thursday night. And until then, have a great 4th of July, everyone. Be safe. 
enjoy some brewskis if you're 21 or over enjoy some fireworks and we will see you to talk more colts football on thursday